Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I am your host, John Lauderer. Today I am joined by local singer-songwriter Bree Capone. I know what's right, but I'm not ready. All right, and I'm here with Bree Capone. Bree, thanks for joining me tonight. Hi, thank you for having me. You got it. Yeah. Thanks for in, um, accepting my invite. I'd seen that you <laughs> have a new uh, EP coming out soon, and I wanted to give you another avenue to promote that. Uh, Thank so you. I'm a fan of your work in the past, so it's cool to, to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Happy to be here. Cool. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Bree. I mean, I've uh, known you've been on the scene for since about like 2016 or so, but uh, yeah. what, was, what was your road to Asheville? Um, let's see. I like a couple roads because my family moved here when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to high school over at Reynolds. Um, oh, me too. Yeah. Oh, really? What year? Uh, way before you, I'm sure. Uh, graduate, oh. <laughs> graduated in 94. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I was, um, I was, uh, at Reynolds and then I graduated and I, we, we came from Massachusetts and I went right back up there for school. And then, um, I was in New York and then I, and I would turn 26. I moved back to Asheville cause I wanted to put together a, a solo record and I got really lucky. I found a bunch of other Asheville musicians that were willing to play with me and I put out two EPs. So I was here for about two and a half years and then I moved to LA and then I moved back just recently. Um, this past March, actually. Yeah, so, that sounds like a, yeah. quite an adventure you had there. Yeah, but, uh, it's been crazy. Back up a little bit and go to your first EP, Orbit, I believe, yeah. from 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was mine. Five-song EP. Mm-hmm. That seemed to get you a, a good amount of attention on the scene, and, and you've been pretty busy uh, since then. Uh, yeah. Also, you've done a lot of uh, like work as far as, you know, off the stage, you know, be it... American Idol or um, Tiny Desk, and uh, mm-hmm. sounds like uh, I think you got to a, a advanced stage on American Idol. What was that like? Oh, it was really fun. Um, yeah, I got to Hollywood Week, um, and they cut me. Um, <laughs> but it was it was it was really honestly surreal. Like I'm sure that's a very cliche thing to to say, but the whole experience was pretty pretty amazing. I got to um, visit some beautiful places and in the auditioning process and it was definitely sort of a whirlwind and on top of it you really couldn't talk about anything until everything came out so it was a lot of lying to people that I loved mm-hmm. um so you know just the music business <laughs> and was, um, that, was that your first time out in LA that actually was I'm trying to think I feel like I actually had been out there I had put myself on uh, with help from uh, Melissa from Red Rover Booking um, she helped me kind of organize a, I organized a West Coast tour of sorts, like an acoustic tour. Um, and I drove myself around and, and wherever they would let me play, I would just kind of sing songs. Um, and I did that, I guess it must have been about six months before, almost a year before. So I had been out to LA, but um, it was the first, you know, like with American Idol, it was definitely a different experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so that, I guess, uh, years later uh, you felt drawn to go back to LA and what, mm-hmm. what brought you back? Um, what brought me back to Asheville? Uh, well, to LA that is. Or to LA. You know, honestly, it just felt like a, a learning opportunity. When I got out there, everything was just larger 
um, I had lived in New York City for about two and a half years and um, I enjoyed my time there. I was with the band there and I think I think going to another city just felt sort of like, well, let's see what I can do out here. You know, I've never lived, I've never lived in LA and there's music here and there's entertainment and um, let's see what I can do in, in this arena. And it's gorgeous. You know, I, I fell in love when I was driving. I kind of fell in love with the deserts and mm-hmm. everything I saw there. And I have a weird thing for like old Hollywood and dive bars. And that's <laughs> the, the, the land of old Hollywood <laughs> and oh, dive yeah. bars. So yeah. I felt very comfortable right away, which was nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you were out there, I guess, most recently. And uh, when did you move back? March. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. So before yeah. all the fires broke out and all that. Yes. Okay. I, uh, it was uh, sort of a family decision because uh, mm-hmm. my family is still here and we didn't know what was happening with COVID. Um, and so we sort of made the call to, my sister was in New York City and we were sort of in these two hot spots and we thought, well, maybe we should get back home and, and just make sure because we just didn't know what travel would look like and, you know, no yeah. one could really predict what was coming. So. Okay. So you just circled uh, yeah. the wagons in Asheville and played it yeah. safe. Yeah. I mean, it's been lovely. I would say it's been more than, than just playing it safe because it's so beautiful here. I feel like I've been just blessed with having friends and being able to get out and hike and uh, just be around nature and, art and community it's been it's been lovely mm. yeah it sure is yeah i'm i'm born and raised here and oh, okay. um, I, I lived away for a while but came back eventually uh you know it's that draw that brings you back to the mountains it's it's hard to resist it so yeah yeah i hear you on that okay and uh so you're uh, how long have you been um a songwriter when did you start that oh man um I feel like I was songwriting even in like middle school when I should have been doing math homework. Um, (laughs) But I've been doing it a really long time and uh, I was lucky enough to go to school for it as well. And so I got to sort of study more of it and uh, develop hopefully my own style, but also just like learn more about the art form as a whole. What kind Um, of school did you So I've been doing it for years. Um, I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Nice. And I got to, uh, yeah, I got to just get my butt whooped repeatedly in the right. realm of really good music. So uh-huh. okay. not a bad, not a bad way to go. <laughs> uh, what was your major? I did professional music. So okay. I got like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. So you have yeah. to do, I guess, instrumental work as well as composing and, and all that. Yeah. It was sort of like, um, it was sort of, it was, you, yeah, you had to do composition. You had to do you know, like music theory and harmony, but then I also took classes in um, accounting Mm. and music business and acoustics and production. Um, And then they also, we were sort of this funny guinea pig year where they had just started to introduce liberal liberal arts into the programs. So I got to take a bunch of um, classes in Renaissance art and uh, other liberal courses, like just English. And it was really, it was a very cool experience. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. And then uh, after you graduated from there, is that when you came back here? Kind of. So I came back home after graduation and I had met a a good friend of mine I met at Berkeley. We would uh, write music together. He called me one day and said that he had shown his music to some folks that were interested in what we had been writing. Um, And he was sort of like, what if you just came up and saw, you know, let's just see if you could write see what we could do. And I, I went up for a weekend and we ended up writing like three or four songs in the weekend. And I kind of was like, well, this was almost way too easy. Like maybe this is something that we should look into. And I thought, well, I, I would 
I would live in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so I moved after about like, I don't I think I was in Nashville for a few months when he called. And I just, I just ended up right back in the city. Um, so yeah. And then I was there for like two and a half years. Okay. And, uh, so as far as your, your first EP there, uh, how did Mm -hmm. that, how did that come about? Um, in New York or in Asheville, like the, the the music. Oh yeah. That one was back here. Um, that was basically, I had had just sort of a bucket of songs that didn't really fit the vibe that I was writing with my friend Dave, um, in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, I think I'm going to, I think I, I think I want to just keep going and I want to write my own music and I want to see what I could do on my own. Um, and so I came back home and sort of started planning that out. I Googled, weirdly enough, I Googled uh, producers in Asheville and mm-hmm. I ended up with my friend Peter Brownlee, who actually went to the same college that I did. And uh, we never met each other or knew each other. And he was a year behind me. Mm. Um, and he had been living, uh, in Asheville for the past like three or four years, but he was in a band called Midnight Snack. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like Jack and Zach and Peter Mm -hmm. and Katie. Um, so I met them and Peter, because he was in this band, he was sort of like, I know all these really great musicians. Would you be willing to have them on your record? I was like, of course, that'd be amazing. So he produced it. Um, we took my songs and then people just, you know, they sat in and they played them for me, which was, which was amazing. So okay. we did that. So the musicians and on I, the record, yeah. are, uh, is, are those the members of Midnight Snack and, and other folks or what? Yeah. So let's see, Zach, Jack, and Peter were Midnight Snack folks. And then they had a good friend named Merrick, who's a love. Mm. Um, and Merrick played keys. Um, he wasn't part of Midnight Snack, but he was. he's in another band called Third Nature. That's okay. another Asheville uh, local band. Okay. Um, and yeah, they just all sort of, we sort of just picked from all these <laughs> amazing Asheville musicians um, and they were nice enough to learn my music and we recorded Orbit. So, nice. yeah. And what yeah. happened to the tunes you wrote with your friend Dave in New York? We were in a band together. So we, we had a, we had a good run. Um, we did like two and a half years and uh, we just put out music. So it's all on Spotify and we were called the humble grapes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> And we put out music videos and we got to play in like the bitter end and yeah. Rockwood music hall. And we had fun. We had a fun time. Okay. Yeah. Humble Grapes. Did you guys do much touring or just play around there regionally? We played regionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Great. So it's a duo. It was a duo, but we had like a, a band behind us. Oh, nice. you know what I mean? Like we were, yeah. Yeah. Like Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you, you, you became the, the breakout star Simon, right? Uh, <laughs> what's Dave up to now? Um, Dave, uh, he's got a beautiful family actually. Um, uh, his wife, Annie is an amazing woman as well. And they have a little girl and they live in New York. Yeah. I was just yeah. talking to him the other day. Yeah. He's doing good. Still playing. Yeah. 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 He, um, he, it's funny now because I feel like I'm a huge, like I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan now, mm. but at the time I really wasn't. And I feel like he was almost this, like he was gateway Dave, he was like, a, he introduced me like Fish and the Grateful Dead. And mm. he plays in a band called the Lawn Boys. And they, they do like uh, fish, fish music, like fish right. covers and stuff. And they sell out, man. They do well. And they're very good. He's, a, he's one of the best piano players I think I've ever seen. Period. Right. Like I lucked out. Yeah. Yeah. All he's right. brilliant. Very talented. Cool. So um, the, hum, the Humble Grapes are on Spotify. I have to check that out. Yeah, totally. Okay. And um, 
so you've put out uh, after orbit uh, some singles such as way in and enough i see uh, I did. And, and then another ep in 2018 if i let you in mm-hmm. collection of six songs and uh how did that come about uh, was that recorded locally yeah absolutely i am um, i just had fun doing the first record and i was like why don't we do another one um same crew, I, same crew same group we just sort of were doing more things and i had again i just had a bunch of uh, songs that i wanted to record and i liked working with peter and um orbit was done at echo mountain and and i really wanted to work with them again so we did a day at echo mountain as well and um it was uh, it was a good time it was just it was sort of just a continuation of sort of the same vibe and um i was in Asheville and i just wanted to put out more music so mm-hmm. So it just kind of fell into place, yeah. All right. And did, did that uh, collection of tunes get a nice response from your public? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get much feedback on your albums? Yeah, it, but I see, I feel, so I had this one song called Scars. And when mm-hmm. I play it live, at least one person comes up to me and says that they cry. <laughs> and I know I should take that as like a good thing, but I also feel terrible and I want to give them hugs. Right. Because I just feel badly, you know, but um, I'm like, oh. Uh, but, I'm sure it's a good cry i'm sure yeah if i can i guess if it's cathartic and it's helping then you know yeah. okay okay well let's, yeah. uh, since we mentioned scars let's uh let's talk about that one a little bit this one you have a, a pretty powerful video for uh it looks like it was shot locally on a in a waterfall where was that um if i remember correctly it was skinny dip falls oh, okay. but don't quote me on that <laughs> yeah it looks like it i couldn't, yeah. couldn't tell yeah <laughs> And you I mean, were, it literally was. <laughs> you were in the, in the water the whole time. I bet you were pretty yeah. numb, numb by the end of the shoot. I, I, yeah, I had actually acute hypothermia that weekend <laughs> afterwards. I had to lie in bed the whole weekend to sort of get a grasp on reality again. Um, yeah. It was very cold. We, I really had this idea, like a vision of, of um, the autumn leaves and mm-hmm. just beautiful waterfalls, but it meant it was, it was the fall. We filmed it in October, and oh, so man. the water was very cold. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah i bet that was rough but it really made for a, a striking video visually thank you yeah uh, andrew anderson and, actually he he helped direct that so right and that yeah. was nominated for an award in the Asheville video uh awards did that did that win the awards yeah actually it won um i tied with ian Ridenauer, who's yeah. another local artist and i think we got video i want to say best video but maybe i'm wrong about that no, okay. I would judge's choice, I think. Okay. Um, which is it's rude of me not to remember, but off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it was judge's choice. But um, it, was a, it was a really fun time because it felt very, um, I don't know, I just got to meet a lot of awesome people through that whole experience and going to those awards. Um, so it was a very cool, cool mm-hmm. thing to be a part of. Yeah. And was that the mm-hmm. first video of yours that was nominated? Yeah. Yep. All right. Came out swinging. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the tune itself is, is pretty f- powerful. Is there a story behind the, uh, the writing, the songwriting of the, the lyrics? That one, um, that one is actually a pretty old tune. And it was inspired by someone that I was uh, just crazy about, like most of my music. Um, and mm-hmm. it sort of just became this something that I played a lot just because I, I felt very connected to it. Um, but I had had that sort of in my pocket, in my song pocket for mm. at that point, about four or five years. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and I just was, it was sort of the first time that I had the ability to record something that was just mine. Mm. Um, so that was sort of the, the song that stood out to me that I was like, you know, I really want to get this song down. Like, Mm. I, I feel like this is something that's always been with me. This song has always sort of been, um, you know, you know, I feel like, you know, like musicians, if we go to an open mic, you have like two to four songs that are like, this will be a good one to pull Mm -hmm. out. Like no matter how much time they give you, you know, you don't know when you sign up sometimes if you're going to get three minutes or 15 and you go, well, at least I have scars. Right. (laughs) That's your (laughs) go-to. That's my go-to. So um, it meant a lot to me. So to be able to, to produce that uh, as a solo artist meant a lot to me. And, and it just, yeah, it was just this song about knowing that loving someone can take a whole hell of a lot out of you, but Mm -hmm. you still do it. Yeah, and this tune uh, is pretty piano heavy and it's really mm-hmm. striking, kind of minimalist Steve Reich type piano. Uh, mm. Who's who's on piano on this? That's Merrick. So Merrick okay. um, from Third Nature, Jack helped write the part. So Jack, our drummer mm. from Midnight Snack, who also, he has a solo project now called Slow Packer. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful work, beautiful songwriter, beautiful person. Um, he he helped me come up with that part we were kind of sitting there because the original song i wrote on the guitar Mm. and it is even though it was on the guitar even then it sort of had this pedaling back and forth when i would play it Mm. um and we i wanted to keep that momentum and and jack sort of filled it out for me and then he was sort of like i don't know if i should play this on the record because merrick's a better piano player and it was sort of this like well we'll have merrick do it so merrick learned it and it was beautiful and he added his kind of style to it um and it just sort of came to life and it was just me and merrick in the chapel um hmm. for that one at echo mountain it was beautiful yeah it's a really cinematic yeah. kind of feel to it and feels like it should be in a movie or something it's the sweeping landscapes and things like it's really it's really visual if you just close your eyes thank and you yeah thank you let's give it a listen this is scars okay. by brie capone
back here with Brie Capone and uh, the vocals on that tune are, are pretty heavy too. There's some points where you're just, you're just <laughs> top of your, uh, your range, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, made me wonder about your vocal training or uh, did you go through any training at Berkeley or are you just naturally gifted like that? Um, it would be amazing if I was, wouldn't it if I was just like, Oh, I just sound like that my whole life. <laughs> uh, no, I went through training. I've yeah. always been loud. I've always had a big mouth, but <laughs> Uh, and I, I got lucky cause I feel like I, I grew up with parents that like allowed us to be loud, you know, like I mm. wrote music upstairs in my room and definitely wailed on stuff. And, but then when I went, you know, honestly, when I went to Berkeley, I had a teacher who I think was one of the, the best things that could have happened to me was he just flat out said like, no one's told you that you're just yelling. Um, <laughs> Like no one's helped you out. They've done you a disservice and you need to find the true nature of like your tone and your voice. But right now you're just yelling. Mm -hmm. And it was an incredibly important um, teaching moment. Um, and it kind of led me to just look into a lot of different ways of singing that I don't think I would have uh, gravitated towards if someone hadn't like set me, set me straight. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I did a, yeah, I did have training. Yeah. But that was a tough blow on your ego to hear that after. Oh Yeah. I mean, and you know, musicians, I, I don't know if you've heard that we have egos being <laughs> right. a musician. Well. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know that's one of the hard parts about going to music schools because you go in there thinking you're hot shit, you know, and they just, <laughs> they just chop you down, you know, so they you're can build like, you yeah. back up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to another tune off of that uh, Orbit EP, Vinyl. Uh, this is a fun song. Uh, it's just, mm -hmm. It sounds like a love letter to... To, uh, to you know LPs uh, what's, yeah uh, what was your uh, inspiration for this one um I think vinyl for me was was just sort of this kind of concept that sometimes when we're able to look into our past it can be very comforting and I feel like that's sort of that nostalgic concept of just like there's so much happening in the world that sometimes you want to step back into something that you uh already know 
And I feel like there have been so many artists from like the 60s that that have, I don't know, just so much music from the 60s, especially in like sort of the era of vinyl that moved mm -hmm. forward. Like it, it just is a beautiful, brilliant time for music as a whole. Um, and that was sort of like that level, like sort of this comfort and also sort of like, I don't know, I just feel like history repeats itself. And if we're not careful to observe that, it can get us into a lot of trouble. Mm. Um, so I feel like with vinyl, it sort of felt like, you know, spin me around in sort of a whirling dervish sort of way, just sort of get me caught up in this history and nostalgia um, and give me comfort. And also maybe let's see what we're still doing um, yeah. and how we repeat ourselves even in the present time. So a little um, bit before in there too, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Plus final school as hell. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so hip. Oh, it's <laughs> super hip a, now. Do you have a, uh, a decent player? You Sound know system? what? Here's the thing is I had to leave it in oh, LA. Really? And I've been on the fence about getting a new one just because I feel like, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like time is doing a funny thing right now where it's just like, we don't know what's happening. Uh, so I feel like I've just been on the fence about getting a new player. Yeah. Um, I, I would love like vinyl to, too, but I've never had yeah. a hi-fi. I've always just had mm -hmm. the, the all in one, you know, cheapy deal. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But I still collect records and I love them, but uh, I know I'm not listening to them to their full potential. Right. Audio, audio file would say anyway. Right. Totally. <laughs> I feel like I'm in that camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's give a, a listen to this tune. This is vinyl off of Brie Capone's album, Orbit. Yeah. I'm open to the idea that I'm wrong most of the time, dear. Way I'm living life, I might be right. Searching for a savior, swathed in flannel and bad behavior. I've been praying later every night. I need a little relief, I need a little soul. Won't somebody tell me where I'm supposed to go? Naive is such a big word. Spoon feed me all of the hurt. Drag me through the dirt, why cotton on? My innocence is faded, but I'm not quite set on jaded. In between those lines, I find I'm home. So I need a little relief, I need a little soul. Won't somebody tell me where I'm supposed to go? Spin me, spin me, spin me like that vinyl. This life is final. There's no going back. Draw me, draw me, draw me like that needle. I feel good and evil. I'm not coming back. Well, the architecture faded, but the heart of same. No one's finding safety in success. What used to be a disco, now they sell cheap maps in Crisco. Further that we grow, we're knowing less. So I need a little relief, I need a little soul. Won't somebody tell me where I'm supposed to go?
uh, back here with Bree Capone. And you Hi. mentioned uh, the 60s uh, was a, a favorite era in music for you. Uh, what are some of your huge influences from that era? Um, I would say I was really influenced by like Roy Orbison mm. and Al Green a little bit later, going oh, into yeah. the late 60s and 70s. Patsy Cline, mm-hmm. that would be sort of like a little earlier. Right. Um, I feel like crooners just in general. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of like other big 60s acts probably like what that would be like young barbara streisand which definitely right. would have been a thing for me because uh-huh. we kind of grew up on barbara streisand in the household like funny girl and uh, all that yeah theatrical <laughs> drama like performers right. um right. I, I know of, i know it's a little yeah. later but uh i've noticed some stylistic uh similarities between you and Joni Mitchell. Uh, Thank you. Uh, vocally, anyway. Mm-hmm. She had influence? You know, um, sort of like retroactively. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was, again, I think a lot of it like going to school and, and having your ego split in two and going like, stop yelling. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I sort of started to not want to push my voice as hard. But I would say early on, I definitely didn't feel that I was influenced by her. And later... Um, as I sort of wanted to use more, cause I, I would say even more what the influences is that we were sort of, we were brought up in like choirs. Mm. Um, and so I was trained as like an alto, uh, mezzo soprano in, in high school for like choir competitions and stuff. So mm. a lot of that technique and stuff to getting up to the high notes without like really going into a belting voice that mm. Joni does a lot of, like a lot yeah. of that is sort of like a classical influence i guess um yeah. and then also i i do feel like yeah she just sort of later on when i would listen to her had more of an influence yeah mm-hmm. well i mostly yeah. hear the similarities when you're seeing in the higher register which is of course mm-hmm. her register for the most part mm-hmm. uh, but it's a it's a beautiful um sound you got uh thanks and i, I like the you have a really wide range too uh, for mm-hmm. a female singer um was, was that Thank you. was that something you honed in your uh, music school uh, time, or is this something you just got from your background in uh, choir singing? Um, again, I would say that it's a little bit of both. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we definitely had songs in high school that we had to sing where we de- we would have a pretty wide range. Um, but then when I was in school, I had an awesome vocal coach named um, Cadison Kai, who um, she started to help me develop more of a head mix belt mm-hmm. um and that actually opened up a whole new world of what i could do with the higher end of my range mm-hmm. um and it just was more comfortable so i didn't wear my my voice out um okay. so yeah it's sort of a mixed bag and then also again just a lot of like hollering and stuff as an angsty teen right you know just <laughs> figuring out what <laughs> what sounds good and what sounds bad to you you know uh-huh. uh so. And speaking of which, uh, since you were you were writing songs as a teenager, did you perform much as a teenager, or were you uh, too uh, timid for that? <laughs> um, I did actually when I lived here. Uh, so you grew up here, so you might actually know what I'm talking about because I try to tell people about this place, and they're like, "Never heard of it," and they don't believe me. But mm-hmm. I, for a very brief time, hosted an open mic at a place called Edie's Cereal Bar, and oh. it was. And you're like, "Never heard of it, right?" Yeah, where's because that? it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't around that long but it used to be the okay so it's been like five things now at this point but you know thirsty monk Mm -hmm. uh downtown yeah the basement right 
right next door it was firestorm and then it was adise the ethiopian restaurant oh, right yeah before both of those it was actually Edie's cereal bar and it was a cereal bar <laughs> like it like you would buy a bowl of cereal for like six bucks which i think might have been what bucks. ran him out of town yeah oh man and then you could fill up your cereal bowl with like whatever you wanted but for whatever reason i think like one night someone was gonna host and they didn't show up or something and i for some reason at 14 was like i can run this <laughs> and they would just let this weird kid just get up on a stage and and host an open mic um yeah. and i would so it was just a place for me to perform and i i loved it and um i got to write music for it and then we would have guests and we would have people come perform and it was fun it didn't last okay. very long but i've been i've been singing and performing for a very long time yeah that's a good <laughs> yeah, yeah thank thank god for open mic night that's how most people get exactly stage. yeah absolutely and so you never went through any kind of period of uh like stage fright or anything in your youth you were just a performer born performer i would say i was a born performer but it was almost like um like a sanctuary for me like mm -hmm. to actually talk to people not so much but i i'll get on a stage sure mm -hmm. which is weird i think but um so you're more comfortable on stage in front of hundreds than you are talking to like a few people oh yeah <laughs> yeah, please don't don't make me go to like a like a fondue party, right. but for multiple reasons. <laughs> but yeah, put me on stage, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, so let's get to the new material here. You have a three song EP coming out on the fifteenth of October called Comedian, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we're going to showcase the tune Saint, which I assume is your your lead single on the EP. Yeah, and you have a, a fun little uh, video for this as well, kind of, kind of a mm -hmm. long form video. Uh, yeah, and uh, you being uh, rather cinematic and theatrical as well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you're really showcasing your acting chops on this one. It's, uh, it's yeah. pretty, pretty impressive. And what was the inspiration for this video? Um, this was quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, I was stuck in. So this whole EP sort of came about again because we didn't know what was happening. I decided to teach myself um, Ableton uh, recording uh, gear kind of stuff. And I actually ended up teaching myself bass and I did a bunch of stuff um, because we were just in quarantine and I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so then when I was sort of creating all this, I was like, well, I'd like to do a music video for Saint. And um, <laughs> I, I just really like spooky things. Like I like old, very old school uh, monster movies and mm. black and white stuff. And I sort of just got it in my head that like, well, you know, I can't really invite over a whole crew of people to do anything. And we don't know how close we're supposed to be or any. I just thought, well, I'll just dress up. And weirdly enough, I had, um, <laughs> I had decided I was gonna be Morticia for Halloween. And, uh, and I just decided to order my dress earlier than a normal person would. And um, I ended up with like this long Morticia velvet gown and these nails. And I was like, this is going to be my costume. So then I just lip synced to Saint. And I was like, this is cool and spooky. So let's go with it. And so I just made it in my room by myself. Oh, cool. So you did uh, everything. You set up the camera and did all the editing and all that. Yeah, I edited it and filmed it and was in it and yeah kind of just designed what i thought it should look like and yeah i mean it's pretty simple because it's just me but to be fair that's it's usually just me in my room like singing to myself so it wasn't like a an acting stretch 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, it was just, yeah, it's just me and a tripod <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> singing and, uh, and then, yeah, it's spooky season, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it felt like a good fit. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, kind of Vincent Price era, black and white. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Halloween coming up, and it's a good good timing for the release of it too. If I'm (laughs) if if I'm reminding you of Vincent Price, then I'm doing something right. (laughs) Right, awesome. Uh, Let's give it a listen. This is Saint off of the EP Comedian by Brikapo. I let it in again. Let myself win again, and it's flowing. How am I here again? Bound myself rummaging to the things that bring me harm. Don't think I could get more reckless. Well, I'm great at placing bets. I know what's right. back here with Bree. Uh, so uh, I know you've been doing um, some uh, streaming performances uh, solo online. Yeah. Uh, do you mm-hmm. have any plans for any kind of uh, EP release? Not really. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I, it, I didn't plan for a huge release with this one just because I didn't know circumstances. And um, I definitely think it would be fun to do another streaming show from my room. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe the platform would be that I'm releasing this. Um, but I don't have any, any super plans for it. Um, I'll just be promoting it, you know, after it comes out. And I would love to do something on Instagram. I feel like for me, it's like, I feel like we're still sort of still in this realm of a bubble where I don't want to do anything too big because I, I, everything seems like it should be a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. under the umbrella of like, let's take care of one another. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is that, I don't know if that's like too far out of a concept, but like, I feel like everything, (laughs) everything should just be virtual and streaming and a little bit just more like, Hey, stay at home and just focus on keeping yourself safe and healthy and sane Mm -hmm. And like, maybe I'll just put something out and we, we can sing together, you know? And if you get to like, listen to my EP, great. Like it's streaming that I'm not doing physical copies or, right. you know, so we'll see. Yeah. That might be terrible. I, that might be a very bad idea, but. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that makes sense to me. And speaking of Instagram, I, I saw your post about some algorithm, like took your, uh, your album cover off of the, what, what was that Oh about? man. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, so I run my music, it's not a company, but this is like my life, right? So I talk to people on Instagram. It's sort of like my platform for everything. And so I'm running promotional ads for Brie Capone, the record and everything. And so I wanted to promote that it's coming out October 15th. And I, you know, so I set the promotion and everything and went to bed and I woke up and went to check the promotion and, um, it was said not approved rejected and I was like what so then you go and you look and you say well why would this not be you know and at first I felt awful because I thought maybe in the sentence I had mentioned COVID being a part of the thing and and I thought oh my god they think I'm you know taking advantage of a situation and I would never in my wildest dreams think of it that way and then I went and looked and they were like no it's provocative it's sexually provocative it's uh too suggestive and something else there was another thing that like explicit is this and, a picture um, of you with like the kind of the star um yeah. thing on with your mm-hmm. see-through and yeah like, yeah well yeah. C- considering a lot of stuff that's on instagram that's that's crazy <laughs> well that's what i thought and i just was i just couldn't believe that that would even be a thing and um it just it threw me off because it, it just felt very odd to me it just felt sort of like well what why do you get to tell me that i'm not art like what you know like what do you get to tell me that it's I'm not even revealing that's bizarre it's not and i did it on purpose to not be revealing i'm a huge fan of sort of i i i don't judge people i think if you if you've made it here and you exist and you have this form and you want to show it any way you want to that's that's your business as long mm. as you're not hurting anybody and mm. there's beautiful art form that's nudity and you know for me i was like i was just like i, I don't think i'm doing anything remotely close to risque from my perspective, I feel like less is more sort of like suggestive is, is better, but yeah. So I just ended up rambling about that on my Instagram stories. And then I woke up today and they had approved it after I appealed it. Um, and it was just like, well, this is a bunch of nonsense. Uh, yeah. It must be just some weird algorithm thing. And then like when you appeal it, then a human gets to look at it and say, Oh, this is fine. So, I guess so. Who knows? <laughs> they're like, oh, this is. But then I was. That was sort of my joke. Was they, they're going to love scars? Then. Oh right. Does anyone <laughs> see that? I was naked in a river, and this is what you're flagging. Like it was just a little bit like yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. 
But again, scars was mm-hmm. done very tastefully too. Uh, right. See, I this mean, isn't tasteful. That's what messed me yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's tasteful. It's it's very old Holly- Hollywood looking, and yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was the vibe. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. I'm glad you got it. Yeah, I got it. All right, Bree. Well, uh, I think I've taken up enough of your time. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before we go? Um. I don't know. I, I found out that Saint was selected for music video Asheville. They're doing a viral right. um, one this year. Yeah, so that's exciting. It's very cool to be um, presenting uh, Saint alongside some other really great artists. So that's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you. And um, what else? I guess just that my EP is coming out October 15th. So if you want to listen, give it a listen. It's going to be on Spotify and Tidal, all the places. Okay, and yeah. I, I assume you'll be returning to the stage uh, as soon as you, you deem it safe, right? As soon as they'll let me in, and I'm not singing and breathing on a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel so. about the uh, like the outdoor performances that are happening now? Are you wary of that? Yeah. Or is it, that okay? Um, I think, you know, personally, like I got to do a live stream for Grey Eagle and they handled it very professionally and very mm-hmm. well. I, I, I feel like as long as it's, kind of handled with a, a sense of, you know, safety. I'm not necessarily opposed and out, outer air is outer air. That's not what I'm trying to say, but you know, fresh air is, yeah. is definitely a factor. I would say in the whole thing, as long as people are far enough away from each other, it seems like uh seems okay. Yeah. It's good to see yeah. the out- outdoor venues starting to kind of come alive uh, while we can before it gets too cold. Yes. Yeah. That's that. the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So summer is going to be a, pretty quiet time as far as that's concerned yeah. i'm sorry yeah. winter yeah winter yeah all right Brie, but then, well, you know streaming yeah it's always streaming true yeah. as long as uh the uh you know social media gods allow it of course apparently yeah but don't wear anything <laughs> a little see-through oh not even not even slightly yeah yeah <laughs> all right brie it's been a pleasure and i uh, hope thank to meet you. you sometime soon in person yeah absolutely thank you so much john and that does it for an edition of the Asheville Sound. I want to thank Brie Capone for joining me today. Please check out her new EP, Comedian, due out on October 15th. And check out all of her awesome videos on YouTube as well. And until we meet again, y'all take care. starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding 
It's gotta be better than just good or great. It needs to hit hard like Beirut at the plate. From rock, hip hop, and dance music to blues or pop, hard bop, and swing music, you choose. As a working musician, I can truly relate. So let's rap about your project and schedule a date. My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full-production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more.